All right, let's turn the Word of God to Jude. Turn the Word of God to the book of Jude. The book of Jude. And we'll read verses 1 through 4. book of Jude, verses 1 through 4, say this in the Word of God. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called... Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, teaching the grace of our God unto lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, as we sung that song, Lord, help us to be faithful uh, soldiers of the cross. And Lord, we realize uh, even though we're soldiers, the battle is the Lord's. So we want to trust you with that. But Lord, we want to be faithful uh, to do our duty. We want to be faithful to be in our place. We want to be faithful uh, to gain territory, if you will, for the cause of Christ. We don't want to be ashamed. We don't want to back up. But God, we want to march on to thy honor and to thy glory. We pray for each one that's listening. We pray for each one that's here. Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, please work in that heart and turn that heart today that even this day they might be born again by the grace of God. Lord, I pray for those that are saved and maybe have an extra burden today or something going on. Lord, please, please strengthen them and the inner man with might by the Holy Spirit and give them what they need. We pray for the physical needs. Lord, we think of Sister uh, Allison uh, this morning. Lord, please, uh, again, touch her and uh, give the doctors guidance there. And uh, Lord, we thank Sister Muxlow and Lord, there's uh, others among us. Lord, we think of Sister Carpenter and we think of her brother uh, Phil. And uh, Lord, many with physical need, there's people with financial need. And God, please help them in that area. Lord, we think of our young people as uh, they're going to school and uh, looking for jobs and just uh, entering uh, new areas of life. Lord, please watch over them and protect them. Lord, again, we thank you for those that uh, evangelized this week, uh, uh, gave out tracts and then went out yesterday and sowed the seed. Lord, uh, please uh, use that seed to bring forth the increase. And uh, to your honor and glory, we pray. Now help us now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so uh, we look at uh, uh, these uh, verses uh, here. And of course, it talks about uh, taking a stand and doing the right thing. Jude says to them, it is needful. Amen. Uh, that uh, he writes this. He said, I just didn't sort this in. I realized, hey, it was necessary uh, for me to write this unto you. And hey, we need to realize uh, some things are uh, uh, good in our Christian life, but some things are just needful. And of course, he mentions uh, uh, the, the, the common uh, salvation. And we've uh, looked at that. And I'm glad uh, that, hey, we all got saved uh, the same way. I'm glad that uh, even though I went to other countries, even though I had to change languages, <laughs> right, and maybe a different culture, I'm glad the message was the same. That part made it easy, right? I always knew uh, what to say. I just need to know uh, if I had to learn a language or how many translators <laughs> I need to, uh, to get it. And so, uh, but thank God, uh, it was always the same message. But here he declares it's needful for us to what earnestly contend for 
the faith. But before we get into that, I want to look at verse 1 for a moment where he says this, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother James to them that are sanctified. We noticed that verse the other day. And again, that meant to uh, uh, be rendered pure, to set apart from common use, uh, to sacred use. And uh, 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 we talked about that a little bit in Sunday school. Hey, uh, we served uh, uh, the will of the Gentiles before. We served the will of the flesh. But now, amen, God has uh, separated unto us and uh, we're supposed to be used for sacred uh, uh, use. And hey, I think it makes a difference if something is set aside for sacred use. You know, sometimes make a sometimes people make a big deal. Well, I, I realize a, a, a church is not a building put together by man; it's a people put together by God. We realize what the church is, but if if you have something that you've set aside for the Lord, use, I think you ought to give it some uh, honor and respect. I think about you know talking about the Ukraine. I remember uh, a family uh, that we met in the Ukraine had ten had ten children, and their house really wasn't that big. And but they had a they had a room where mom and dad slept. They had a room where the, the boys the boys piled in and the girls piled in. But the village church under Cobbson, when they had their meeting, was in their house, and they had a, a room that they had set aside for the use of the church in their village. And you know I'm not saying you have to go this far, but it showed something about that family that they wouldn't let the, the children uh, sleep in there. They wouldn't let anybody uh, 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 sleep in there. They said, uh, "Listen, we've set that room aside uh, for the Lord." And I realize you can take anything too far, but I appreciate somebody that shows respect to something they've dedicated uh, to uh, the Lord. Hey, your home should be dedicated to the Lord. I guess don't dedicate it all. You won't have a place to sleep, but no, but uh, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with dedicating uh, things to the Lord and showing a little respect, but not getting religious and overdoing it. But uh, even at the house of God here, I don't mind calling this the, uh, the house of God and we've dedicated. That's why uh, uh, kids, you want them to be happy, enjoy themselves here, but still show some respect. I don't like kids to uh, play up around uh, uh, the pulpit. You say, well, you're religious. Well, I guess there, there I am in that aspect. But you want to teach them to uh, show respect, even though we understand what the church itself is. But you need to realize, hey, God has set you aside for special service. And you need to respect that fact, amen, uh, that he wants to use you. And so think about that. Wow, I am a special vessel of the Lord. That shouldn't give you the big head, but you know what it should give you? The big heart. Amen. We shouldn't get a big head about serving God, but we should get the big heart that uh, uh, we consider it a privilege to be set aside and used by him. And then he used that word preserved in Jesus Christ. I like that thought. It means to be to keep in safety, to keep the eye fixed upon, to observe attentively. I know we like that song, his eye is on the sparrow. But that's a wonderful thing that his eye is up on you. He's watching over you. He's keeping you. Amen. And he has a hedge around you, if you will. He's the faithful witness. I like that where it says in Revelation, it calls him the faithful witness. Well, for somebody to witness something, they need to be watching it, right? <laughs> you know, what did you see? Oh, I didn't see it. Well, then. We can't use you as a witness. But if you saw it, then you could be used as a witness. Well, he's the faithful witness of your life. Amen. He sees everything uh, uh, going on uh, in your life, and he's watching over that. But he keeps us. I like these verses in John 17. Of course, John 17 is the prayer. 
Amen. It is the Lord's Prayer. John 17. And it says this. Think about what Jesus said when he was praying. He said this in John 17, verse 12 and verse 15. He made these statements in his prayer to the Heavenly Father. He said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I kept. And you know what? He can say that today. Amen. He is keeping you. Verse 15 of John 17 says this. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. Well, no, uh, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But while we're in this world, we know that he's the one that keeps us. I'm glad it's not up to me. If it was up to me, man, I'd have been I'd have been cast to the, the wayside a long time ago. But by his grace, he's kept us. And we pray that he keep us from evil. First uh, Peter one five says this, talking about those who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So we're kept by the power of God. So, man, uh, how have you been able to be faithful all these years? I mean, you got saved 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. How are you still faithful? Hey, by the grace of God, he gets all the glory. He's kept me. He's watched over me. Amen. He's, he's set me aside and he's taken care of me. So God wants to use us for sacred use and he's keeping his eye on us. And one way for us to stay in sacred use and keep him happy as he watches over us is to maintain the things we're supposed to maintain as Christians, of course. And part of that is contending for the faith. Now, he said these things are, are needful. He said this was my obligation. This was my duty. Right. The right thing is to tell you about these things. And so uh, these things that he says are needful. Well, they're also our obligation. They're our duty to, to do these things. And one thing he says is contend to fight for. And I, I, I just want to look at that word contend. Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of fighting going on in the world. I'm not just talking about the war in, in, in the Ukraine. But, of course, in, in, in America and especially in the, the political arena and in many areas of our country, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, they say we're split right down the middle in America. And that's true. I'm amazed at how close uh, elections are and things. Millions of people vote and it comes down uh, so close uh, so often, even in even uh, uh, in states and in local uh, elections. But, you know, it tells us what we're supposed to be fighting for. And, you know, again, uh, I see so many believers getting sidetracked and they're fighting and they have a fighting spirit. But I see them fighting uh, for the wrong things. You know, I was thinking about this. I was with a friend of mine recently that had started his own business. And he told me this book he was reading, a book I read before. And it's a business book and it's called From Good from uh, uh, Good to Better. Right. How do you take your business from good to better? And I thought, well, I got thinking about that thought from good to better. I said, that sounds good. Probably a good business book. But I said, you know what? I've looked a lot around and I'm seeing a lot of churches going the other way. They're going from better to good. <laughs> They're going from better to good because they've got uh, sidetracked. I, I was with uh, some preachers uh, uh, recently. I mean, in every time they got up, they had to make a, they had to say something political or make a political statement. And again, hey, uh, that's one thing if you're guiding your people and teaching on that. But God called up me to preach the word. 
Amen. And so uh, that's what if anything's going to change our nation, that doesn't mean we don't need to be aware of what's going on politically. That doesn't mean we don't need to be aware of what's going on in our country. Watch the news and talk about those things and pray about those things. And there, there's not a time that they don't need to be mentioned. But you don't need a 45 minute uh, uh, message on them. You just need uh, uh, to be aware of things and pray for them and, and, and pray for our country. But listen, uh, God said preaching. It's this It's the preaching of this book and the gospel of Jesus Christ it, that's going to uh, uh, change uh, this country. Again, we want the we want the person we want, you know, certain people in the White House. But it's not what's going on in the, the White House that's going to transform this country. It's what's going on in the right house. Amen. This, uh, you know, hey, we're glad we have the White House. We love our country. But this is the right house. And it's the people in the right house doing the right thing and standing for the right thing and fighting for the right thing that is going to make the uh, uh, ultimate difference uh, in our country. And so we're challenged to contend for these things, to fight for them. And it says, what? What are we supposed to fight for? We're supposed to fight for uh, the faith. Hey, uh, all these other things are good, but the primary thing is the faith, the word of God. You know, uh, uh, especially Baptists have a tendency to fight over things that don't matter a lot of times in the light of eternity. Listen, I'm willing, I'm willing to fight, but I want to fight for things that matter. You know, we looked at first Peter uh, uh, this morning. And again, it says, if any man suffer as a Christian. Now, if, if I have to if I had to go to the military again and fight as an American, hey, I want to be willing to do that. Well, no matter what uh, age or stage I am, I'm still in the prime of my life. Amen. So uh, uh, if I got to arm myself like that way, hey, I want to be willing to do it. But at the end of the day, uh, if, if, if I'm going to go to prison or something as a believer, I want it to be because of a biblical purpose, a biblical purpose for something not just good, but something better that I was standing uh, for the things of God. You know, I've said this before. The reason most churches split are over methodology more than theology. Right. And that is because most people don't know sound doctrine. Right. But they, but they know how it's been done in our church for 50 years. Right. <laughs> they don't know what the Bible teaches on certain things, but they know how it's been done in their church for 50 years. You know, I, I had, I had a, a friend who, who took a church and uh, he only after seven months, they ended up kicking him out. Why? Because he changed the week that they did the revival and it's been the same week for 50 years. I mean, there's something like that still goes on in uh, churches uh, today. But it's important uh, that we're willing to fight and we're willing to be strong, but we're doing it for the right thing. We're keeping our focus. And that's what we want to do. We want to we want to we want to stand when we want to be serious about these things. We want to contend for the faith when we stand for what we find. What? Of course, the word of God. Every Christian should be agonizingly serious. Listen, uh, everybody knows. Look, I, I appreciate a good sense of humor, rumor, whatever it is. Right. And, and I like having a good time. But when it comes to the things of God, hey man, I want to be dead uh, serious, amen, about the things of God. Revelation 3, 2 says this, be watchful, right? Now the Lord's watching us, but we need to be watchful too. We need to be attentive and strengthen those things uh, which remain. Strengthen those things 
which remain. That word strengthen means to establish permanently. That means there's no room for movement on these things, right? And, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times when I was a missionary, you know, you go into a church or even today, when I look at churches, I go to their, their statement of faith. And I just notice that a lot of statements of faith are getting shorter and shorter or they're getting more uh, generic about what they say. You know, example, uh, where they used to say, you know, uh, uh, like the, the, the King James Bible, they said, well, we believe the word of God and the original, all that, all that stuff. Or in, in different areas, they're narrowing things down and they're, they're uh, uh, getting uh, uh, more generic. Hey, listen, I don't think you need to beat people over the head about things, but you shouldn't be ashamed to, to, to uh, proclaim what you believe and where you stand on, uh, on, on certain issues. Hey, uh, there's, there's some things that maybe I haven't even mentioned yet since I, 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 I've been here, but I guarantee if you ask me, I'll tell you where I stand uh, on that issue. I'm not ashamed of anywhere I stand on any uh, issue I believe, as long as I believe that's what the Bible uh, teaches. And so it says we need to, we need to say, hey, listen, there, there's some things uh, uh, that we stand for and we're not changing. We're not backing up. We're not going to make it generic. We want to be clear about what we believe uh, in our church and what we believe as individual Christians. And I, I, people say to me, well, hey, uh, look what they're doing over here or look what they're doing over here. You know what? I, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I, I don't care. I might feel bad if they're changing some things, change over here. But, but at the end of the day, right, I'm responsible for the local church where God put me. I mentioned uh, 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 when I was in, in Germany and we had the Awanas program, we had 95 kids. Come. I mean, who doesn't want 95 kids coming to their children's program, Right. <laughs> And I closed and I had to close down uh, Awanas and people got upset. I said, hey, well, because it's, it's about it's about the church. Again, I, I mentioned that over, but I think that so needs to be emphasized because still, even today, many people uh, don't get the importance of the local church. So uh, we need to make sure that we know what we believe. We believe it. And we're not ashamed for it. And in this day and age, we're going to stand for it. We're not going to back up and we're not going to compromise. But if we're going to fight for something, hey, I'll talk politics about with you. I'll give you my opinion about this. But we need to know what we're willing to fuss over, what we're willing to fight over and what we're willing uh, uh, to die over. Right. And uh, I, I, I'll talk about other things. But when it comes to the word of God and what the Bible teaches and the important doctrines, there's no room for movement, no room for backing up and no room for uh, changing. And that is why if we're going to contend and contend properly. Right. Well, contending requires commitment. Right. Requires commitment. And so we when we contend, we contend with commitment. Well, that requires Conviction, a word that uh, people are scared to use today about having strong convictions about things. Jude exhorts us to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. We owe a great debt, of course, to those who have taken a stand for the truth so that we can know it. And uh, 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 we may get by without contending, but if we do not contend, there'll be nothing left for the next generation. Hey, 
I realize the Lord can go back any moment, and I hope he does. But if he does, I'm sure my grandfather preached that. But now my grandfather's off the scene. Now I'm uh, the grandfather. And uh, if the Lord uh, uh, should tarry uh, when I'm off the scene and it's my uh, grandchildren reaching this age, I still want there to be strong churches in my grandchildren's generation. I still want there to be strong uh, Bible uh, believers and people that don't compromise in my grandchildren's generation. But for that to happen then, I got to be doing the right thing now. We have to be doing the right thing now. We have to be contending for the faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, We having the same spirit of faith, According as written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You see, we speak what we really believe. And if we really believe it, we take a stand for it with, uh, with uh, conviction. That means we don't get mad about people. We don't uh, run people down, but we make it clear where we stand on things. Acts 2.42 says what? They continue steadfastly again in the apostles' Doctrine. First Corinthians 15, 3 says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, you see, there was a priority of things. There, were a, there was a set of things that they held to, and they were uncompromising in those things. And so we need to have great conviction in this day and age about the things we believe and the things we stand on. Now, on the other hand, even though we have great conviction, we also need to have great compassion. Great compassion. The Bible says what? Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. And again, that's a, that's a, that a lot of times that's a lot of things we have to work on as, as, as in the, in, in, independent Baptists. Uh, having, having compassion and, uh, and, and grace with people. Again, when, when people, even though they may not agree with us, they may say, hey, I, again, I don't agree with that guy, but I can tell that he cares. I can tell uh, he really loves the Lord. I can tell that he cares about people. I can tell that he does the right. He, he does, he, he does uh, the right, even if his English is bad, right? He does uh, the right. He does the right thing and has compassion towards people. The Bible teaches that we should lift up the truth in love. Uh, the preacher must be unafraid to preach the truth. I remember uh, uh, one time uh, uh, I, I, uh, my church in Germany, and uh, we had this uh, family. We had this family uh, uh, visiting, and uh, I got up and I, I I preached on something, and I just knew that they were going to give me a call about it. I just knew that I was going to get a call, and sure enough, I got the call. Right. And so uh, they when I was there, they said, well, you know, we enjoy your church and everything. But well, I just wiped out all the compliments you, you just said. Right. We know how that works. And they said, but we want to know if we come to your church, are we going to be allowed to do this? Are we going to be allowed to do that? And, you know, we like to do this and we like to do that. And I said, I said, well, let's stop right there. I said, my job's to be a pastor, not your daddy. I said, a daddy tells you what you can do and what you can't do. I said, that's not my job. My job is to preach the precepts and principles of the Word of God. Then when you go to do something in your life, you run and buy those precepts and principles and you decide if you want to follow the Word of God or you want to do what you want to do with your life. All right. And I said, my job also is to preach to everybody the same, even though I know they don't receive it the same. I'm still going to love them the same and treat them the same. I said, now, if Jeff Stewart 
if Jeff Stewart personally offends you, well, I want to know about it, and Jeff Stewart will apologize for personally offended you. But if the word of God offended you, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to say I'm sorry for preaching what I believe the Bible teaches. I'm sorry if I believe the Bible teaches that. I'm not going to back up from it. I don't want to be mean about it. I want to say it in love, but I'm not going to apologize for preaching the word of God. If the word of God offends you, that's on you. That's on you with a smile. That's on you. Right. Say it with a smile. And I said, if I'm not because I said, if I'm not going to preach the word of God and if I'm going to not going to stand for it, I believe that. But I said, I might as well go back to the States and get a job flipping hamburgers, because that's about the only thing I'm qualified to do once they train me, once they train me. And so and that's the way we, we should be as believers. Hey, if you're witnessing to somebody or you're giving the word of God to somebody, hey, if you personally offend, I say, hey, if I did, I personally offend you. Well, then I apologize. I, I wouldn't want to do anything. I want to have a right spirit when I do this. But if I gave you the truth of the word of God and I did it because I love you and care about you, well, then I'm not going to apologize for how the word of God convicted you or put a burden on you about what you're doing in your life. How many people think they came back? No, but I ran into him at the PX about three months later, and they said, hey, preacher, can you pray for us? We still haven't found a church yet. I said, oh, you're not looking for a church. You're looking for something that lines up with you, not that you can line up. Our job is to line up, but we want to have conviction, but we want to have conviction with compassion, right? We, we, we rejoice in God's grace toward us, but we don't, amen, we don't want to compromise uh, towards uh, uh, the things that are right. Our compassion should run as deep as our convictions run high. As Christians, right, we are not to be, be down on sinners and, and beat people down, but uh, speaking the truth with love and uncompromising. We're down on not sinners, but we're down on sin. We're down on uh, sin. The Lord Jesus came to redeem the lost, and so may we live the kind of lives that are devoted to Christ and give in service to others so that people know we genuinely, we genuinely love them and care about them, care about them. First Timothy 3.15 says this, but if I tarry long that thou mayest what? Know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. You see, it matters how we behave ourselves in the house of God but also matters how we behave ourselves as the house of God. Amen. We are the house of God. We want to, you know, we, we worry about how we behave ourselves in the house. Well, I'm walking into church, you know, we worry about how we behave ourselves in, but it's more important even how we behave ourselves as the house of God, as, uh, uh, as the people, as the people of God. And so uh, we need to have conviction. We need to have compassion and we need to do it uh, continually. This is a non-stop, amen. We need to keep on, keep it on, even in this day and age, right? Like the old song, that old-time religion is good for Paul and Silas. It's good enough for me, right? Hey, if, if, if the King James Bible is good enough for Paul and Silas, amen, it's good enough for me, amen. Well, we don't go quite that far, amen. But hey, if he believed the word of God and he was willing to pay a price for the word of God, then I want to be willing uh, to pay the price for uh, the will of God. The book of Jude speaks of our duty to what? Earnestly contend for the faith. 
And that's why we need to be alert because the, the, the devil's going to try and send his people in uh, to mess us up. Verse 4, for there certain men crept in unawares who before of old were ordained, ordained to this condemnation, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Amen. And boy, we see those people out there all over the place. Men will creep in to seek to change what uh, we believe. Hey, I, I've seen that uh, e even since I was here. You say, well, I, I didn't know that. Listen, uh, uh, I've had people come in and they say, well, why, why can't we do uh, this in the church or why can't we do that in the church? Hey, we can do anything uh, in the church as long as it falls within the, the confines of the Word of God. I always look at it, if you look at, if you look at a room, at the four walls in a room, uh, as, as, as the boundaries of the Word of God, hey, you put furniture in that room, hey, uh, as long as you're within those four walls, it doesn't matter how you arrange that furniture. You can arrange that furniture however you want. You just can't take the furniture outside the wall. Amen. And so uh, in the things of, uh, of God, right? Hey, uh, we can do things uh, uh, different ways as long as it stays within the four walls or within the confines of the word of God. And sometimes people say to me, uh, uh, listen, uh, I try to be as gracious to people as I can, as I've said before, and you need to learn. We all need to learn to be as gracious with people. The Bible says, let us love peaceably among all men as much as what? As we are able. And as long as I'm able, I want to show grace. But when I'm not able anymore, I stop. Amen. I want to I always say I try to bend over as far back as I can for people until my back's up against the word of God. And then we don't move any further. That's how we need to be. It's our responsibility as Christians to bear the burden in our relationship with others. In other words, we have more responsibility to put up with them than they have to put up with us. It's our job to bear the burden in uh, relationships. See, notice it says they were crept in unawares. Uh, these who were against Christ, amen, were months a number, right? They, they, they slipped in, uh, but thank God they were, uh, they were spotted. Hey, listen, we want to we love everybody that walks in that door, but that doesn't necessarily mean we want everybody that walks in the door uh, to be a member. That's why everybody that comes, we have them read our statement of faith. Hey, uh, even if it's a, a family member, we don't assume. We want everybody to read the statement of faith. Now, that doesn't mean everybody necessarily has to check every, every box because you got to give people room to grow. you got to give room people to learn. But the main thing is they know where we stand on certain things, and we're not going to change just because they're nice. Amen? We're just going to stick with what the Word of God teaches in those, teaches in those things. So uh, the Word of God says this, 2 Peter uh, 2.1, right? We, listen, uh, uh, because our battle isn't over till he comes. 2 Peter 2.1 says, again, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who shall privily bring in damnable heresies. And so that's why it's so important we guard uh, the things of God and watch for people trying to bring things in, slip things in. We must be aware of those trying to bring things in, things contrary to what? Sound doctrine. Listen, but that means we don't have to be afraid of everything brought in. Let me say this. There's a difference, again, I say this, between updated 
and going liberal or modern. Those that don't know the difference end up driving horse and buggy instead of cars, right? <laughs> we need to know the difference between updating something or, or, or bringing this in and going modern or liberal. Romans 16, 17 says this, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine, which we have learned. Notice what it says, offenses contrary to doctrine, not contrary to preferences. Listen, we all, we all have certain preferences or things that we choose to do as, uh, as Christians, and we need to know the difference. I know there are certain things that I think, should, I think certain things should be done a certain way. I think that's the way they ought to be done in the house of God and when you do things. But hopefully I also understand the difference, what a preference is versus what the Bible exactly teaches about uh, something in that area. So we need to understand the difference. We need to, we need to hold fast to doctrine, but if something is just a, a preference or, or something we prefer, we need to understand uh, what the difference is and give uh, grace uh, to people knowing the difference. You know, I, matter of fact, I was in a, a preacher's fellowship a few months back. As a matter of fact, I, oh, I am wearing a white shirt, but I, was wearing, I think I was wearing a blue shirt, and, and, and this preacher said something about me not wearing a white shirt. I'm thinking, you know, because, you know, they used to really be bad about that in the 70s uh, and, and, uh, and 80s, right? You know, we better have that, 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 that white shirt on. But personally, I don't care what color shirt a man wears, as long as it's not pink, right? Then we'll have issues. But as long as it's not pink, I don't care what color shirt you wear. I mean, I mean what are you going to do with Ari? I mean, every, every week he's got a, he's got a, he's got a new, 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 new colored uh, shirt. But, you know, but that's understanding the difference right, between uh, a preference and these things, and then making that a matter of, you know, fellowship. I've had, I've had a preacher say to me, uh, maybe because somebody was my friend, right, and they said, well, don't, I had this preacher say, well, don't worry, brother, we don't believe in, uh, what do they call it, uh, secondary, se- secondary separation. How many have ever heard that term, secondary separation? What that means is, hey, you may not necessarily do something, but if you hang around somebody that does, they'll, they'll separate from you. I said, you know what? Some people are so separated that me, myself, and I wouldn't talk to each other. I don't know how they, make, I don't know how they get through life, you know? Uh, listen, uh, 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 sure, do I have friends that I don't agree with? Do I have friends that once stood on things and they've compromised? Uh, yes, and you know what? They're, they're, my, they're still my friend. Why? Because I made a decision to be their friend. But they also know that I don't agree with the way they're headed or agreed. I've had friends say, well, does this bother you? I say, well, I don't agree with it. I just tell them, I don't agree with it, right? But I'm still your friend as a person, right? And just because somebody lets me preach in their pulpit doesn't mean I let her preach in mine because I'd preach next to the Pope standing up on the balcony at the Vatican if he let me. But I guarantee you, he's not going to preach here. Amen? Uh, so understand the difference. We are all called upon to take a stronger stand today, again, because of the increasing uh, uh, wickedness in the world. So as we finish up here, let us be reminded, every Christian has a responsibility to contend for the faith. Not just me as a pastor, but as a Christian and we as a body of believers. This command, again, it's not just for pastors, it's for all of God's children. Amen? Know what you believe, stand on what you believe, 
Don't compromise uh, what you believe, but also have companion, uh, compassion and grace. All our convictions, again, should come to the best of our ability, right, as we understand what the Word of God teaches us in that area of life or responsibility. We must be Christ-like in our compassion for others. Again, our compassion should run as deep as our convictions run high. And we must never stop contending. In 2022, let us fight the good faith. If we stop contending for the faith, amen, we could lose a generation. Men will constantly creep in. Hey, uh, the devil has his people in, uh, in every generation. And we have a responsibility to those that come behind us to continually uh, contend for the faith and stand for what's right, compassionately, but uncompromisingly. Let's pray.